0: You're listening to a Two Jackets podcast. Check out more at twojackets.com. Welcome
1: to Sham Fiction, the podcast where we break the first rule of fan fiction, that you have to be a fan to
0: write it. We're Two Jackets Productions. I'm Andrew. I'm Eric. And I'm Marcus. Here's the format. Each installment, Andrew, Eric, or Marcus, will be presented with a media franchise that they are unfamiliar with and challenged to write fan fiction about it.
2: We'll start by giving the author some basics like characters, overarching plots, and those special elements that make each franchise great.
1: The author will then take this info, throw out what they don't like, add a generous helping of creative license, and come back ready to read their masterpiece for all of us to enjoy. It's fan fiction written by non-fans.
2: It's Sham Fiction. This week's author is Eric.
0: Hey, homies. Hey, Hey. Eric. How you doing? Fancy seeing you here. Yeah, yeah. I I just thought, you know, you know what I want to do today? I want to write a sham fiction. So I thought I'd uh, give you guys a ring. Alright, I'm glad you did Your voice sounds so far off so
2: far, Eric That it's like we brought in a fake Eric
1: Who is this guy? I don't know who this is
0: We should uh, do that sometime <laughs> Alright, we can just, yeah. I can do a, a non-Eric voice the whole time yeah, yeah, why not I'm just saying we replace uh, Eric It's radio, oh, no okay, no, Alright, I get it, I'm not wanted here
2: uh, that's Come some, back, some good come walking back away sound. We love to watch you When you're walking when you're away with your walking is what we love watching. Hey, Marcus. Yeah. Shut up. What am I going to write? <laughs> well, I'm, this I'm being relevant here because we're talking uh, again about another sexy CW show. Yeah. Oh, the yes. Hundred. Oh,
0: the 100. Oh, good. The 100. Hey. The 100. I love Hondo. this. Yeah. The Hondo. Sexy CW. And this is not an
2: Arrowverse show. Imagine that. Wow. Yeah. Oh,
0: wow. wow. Okay. Oh,
2: wow. Uh, Nor is Owen Wilson on it. Let's talk Uh, about The 100. So this is a show that was based on, although I'd like to say more inspired by the novel, by an author named Cass Morgan. And I'll talk about why that distinction is made later. It was developed and the pilot was written by Jason Rothenberg. The pilot was directed by Bharat Naluri. And it stars a bunch of people. And though this isn't technically an explicit episode, I should probably give an explicit episode for these names because I am going to slaughter them as I try to pronounce a few of them. And I apologize <laughs> to all the people who are more successful and prettier than I am, whose names I'm going to get wrong. All right, so let's do this. We've got Eliza Taylor, Bob Morley, Paige Turco, Thomas McDonnell, Eli Gorey, Marie Evgaropoulos, Devin Bostick, Christopher Larkin, and Henry Ian Cusick. And we also have Lindsay Morgan and Isaiah Washington. Uh the reason there. Was a bit a of the gap Henry there. Ian Cusick is we have a note that he is in fact Desmond from Lost. He was introduced in okay. season two. So you don't even know that, Eric. I, Forget I don't.
1: him. Forget him quickly.
2: Alright. are a lot of talented young people and Henry Ian Cusick. <laughs> we have to give credit for—he's talented. He's, not, He's a good not guy. He's young. Anyway, it came out in 2014. So if you're watching the CW in 2014, you'd say, "What's this new show? What's this hundo all about?" And then you'd have to wait and watch the season instead of just listening to the sham fiction to figure out what the hundo was all about. Uh, now you can watch it on the CW. Still, still going strong. It's going to be doing another season, season four next year. It's on the Hulu. It's on the Netflix. And it's, uh, it's pretty much available. The book by Cash Morgan's available anywhere you can buy books. So we've, we've been over that before, dear listeners. If you don't know where to buy a book, uh, listen to one of our previous book episodes, and we'll give you some advice on where you can buy the book. We <laughs> two Jackets and Sham Fiction, we know where to buy a book. Yeah, Come to us, let us tell you. The Two Jackets Guide to Where to Buy a Book in
1: 2016. Uh, And it's still airing on TV, so uh, after this episode airs, um, yeah, check it out. New season will drop. They're going to be
2: going into season four. Season four. The hundred four. They should just call them, like, movie sequels each Mm -hmm. season they add one. Um, But what is this show? What's the hundred with all these people whose names I don't know? What is the show, Andrew? What is it? Oh, man. What kind of show is it? This this is a CW
1: show So it's very dramatic It's in the teen sort of sense So think of this show like The CW meets Lost Meets Battlestar Galactica That's what this show is It's a mixture uh-huh. of all of those things It's like a Lost survival show But with a sci-fi twist
2: With a twist, yeah Definitely a little Lord of the Flies thrown in there Although Definitely. in what I've seen They haven't started worshipping a pig head yet It is an interesting show. So this is a show I've seen about the first half of the first season. And I've read the first book in the trilogy. And the reason that we chose this is because I'm trying to understand this show. I think it has a lot of potential. And I keep hearing things in the Twitterverse about how exciting and dynamic the show's gotten by season three. So I'm probably going to keep watching to get there. Stephen King was recently on Twitter talking about how much he loves this and how adult and mature he thinks it is. Didn't quite see the full extent of that in the first few episodes, but I think there's potential for where it's going to grow.
1: Yeah, it hooks you in the same way Lost did, I think. Um, It doesn't quite have the mystery elements, um, but the setup is still intriguing, and it it creates a very um, interesting sci-fi world. So should we get get into what this thing is about?
2: Yeah, basic setup here, right? It's called The 100. It is 97 years after a future nuclear apocalypse, okay? And all of mankind now lives in a space station called The Ark, where 12 countries had merged their space stations together. Uh, So it's just whatever was up in space, if you could get to it, (laughs) latch it together with some, I don't know, space thatch. And that's how they made The Ark. (laughs)
0: yeah it's pretty cool it's kind
2: of like this big like conglomeration
1: of space stations it's really cool it has kind of no rhyme or reason to it
2: but the problem is so these these are the generations who are living in between the half-life of the nuclear radiation so it's going to take longer than a human lifespan for the earth to be cool again so we're being introduced to people who expect to live and die in space and their ancestors will be the ones to return home to earth Mm -hmm. uh What happens is they've got to keep the population down, though, because they have limited resources on the space station. And to do that, if you commit a crime after you're 18, you're floated. You're sent out into space and you die, which to me seems like a waste of perfectly good oxygen because they don't depressurize first, but that would be less dramatic. Uh, If you're under 18, you get sent into juvenile detention and your crime is reevaluated on your 18th birthday, and usually you get sent into space and you die. Some of them are returned to life. On um, the station. So what happens, whoa, big twist, something's going wrong with the Ark, so they need to clear up some space, and they send a hundred juvenile delinquents down to the Earth to see if it's now habitable, earlier than expected. So that's oh. where we get the hundred. They take oh. a bunch of prisoners, send them to Earth, and then these kids have to live on Earth and report back if it's going to be A-OK for the rest of the fleet to come down.
0: You just set me up to like expect this to be an in-space, space, space station-bound story, and now you're telling me that the sci-fi element is, uh, but then uh, they all go back to Earth. That is oh, absolutely, absolutely correct. correct. <laughs> oh,
2: okay. So you got the kids on Earth, the young, sexy kids on Earth who are uh-huh. having freedom and, you know, gravity for the first time in their lives, and... Then you've got the adults on the space station who are trying to figure out the future of humanity, and it cuts between these two different stories. But all the fun is happening on Earth, so we'll probably send you down there for your, your okay. sham writing.
1: Okay. Yeah, so- it's, impl- it's important to know those details about the space station because these kids grew up on that space station, so they still yes. reference their lives back there. So getting floated... That's, like, the thing in this world. So they always say, like, if they're going to kill one another, they'll say, are you going to float that guy? Even though they're on Earth, they still use yeah. the same <laughs> language. <laughs>
0: nice. Exactly. Nice. Uh,
2: so, and there will be minor spoilers. We'll keep it confined to the first three episodes. And we're not going to give away the big twist at the end of episode three. Other than to say there's a big twist at the end of episode three. All mm-hmm. All right. But, yeah, so you get these 100 kids, they're down on Earth, and, of course, they sent no one to be in charge of them, okay? It's just a bunch of prisoners on Earth, and they have no formal hierarchy, and they're just kind of running wild and hooking up and beating each other up. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, because you have to remember these kids
1: were prisoners, so they had the possibility that these kids were going to land and die right away. They didn't really care, so they just sent them down there as a test, you know? I like it.
2: Yeah. Okay. They all have these little wristbands on that transmit their vitals back to the space station. But even though that's capable of constantly communicating with the space station, it doesn't have a microphone in it. So when their communication Uh equipment burns up when they land, uh, unfortunately, they lose track of the arc. So it's a big conflict in the first few episodes. And yet they can still get the vital signs? All the vitals, yep. Going through real time. No problem there. But they didn't think to put microphones or redundant... Uh, yeah, so on the
1: as the kids <laughs> are breaking these wristbands as a means of defiance from the Ark, the Ark doesn't know that it's just because they're taking them off. It, they think it's because they're dying. So there's a lot of drama up in space as to whether or not the kids really are dying from like radiation poisoning and all that. And to be fair, some kids are actually dying, but it's more so this like act of defiance.
0: Are they, like, growing extra eyeballs from all the radiation? Or how does that
2: uh, Yeah, we should probably talk about Earth here. Yeah, it seems to be pretty much okay as far as radiation goes. They don't know because, again, these devices on their wrists only share their vitals with the space station. They don't share the vitals with the people who have them on their wrists. So they're uh-huh. not sure. Um, but no yep. one's really dropping dead from radiation. That's a good thing. But Earth has just gone crazy pants, okay? There are mutated animals. You see a two-headed deer pretty quick. There are giant panthers and water snakes. Uh, There's this crazy poisonous fog tornado that we see that has lightning in it. And then, holy goodness, there are the grounders who are a big shock. And we think that they might be mutated survivors who are humans from before the apocalypse. And they start killing some of us and then capturing some of us and... It's just all sorts of crazy. So Earth's a big, spooky place with crazy sci-fi monsters and hazards that you can make up. Keep that in mind. All right. Make yeah, it's foresty. Yeah,
1: it's very foresty, very lush, very green. Lots of moss, babbling brooks. Think of yeah, like forested is... mountain. It seems like a paradise. It seems lovely. But then you have two-headed deer and and killer grounder guys
0: running around. Which part of the planet did they land on?
2: You know, the green part.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, and you said this is like 100 years after the nuclear disaster. Right. Okay. Copy that. So uh, let's, let's uh, talk
2: about a few of the characters here. Uh, please. Because uh, you've got 100 people, but like most shows where there are large groups of crowds, only five or six people ever talk. Uh, so first off, you have our heroine, who is probably the coolest in the show at the onset, Clark Griffin. She's a very driven, pragmatic leader. She worked in the uh, med tents back on the station,
0: so she has some medical background. Did you say Clark Griffin? That's right. Her, it's a her, and her name is Clark? Yeah. In
2: space, they don't have these prejudices.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. I, I Okay, fine, <laughs> fine. Her name is Clark. Great. With an E at the end.
2: Oh, no. But it is not Clark okay. <laughs> Yeah, and What what race did you picture her as, if we're just going to do the bias test? Uh, I was imagining like some sort of like eagle-lion hybrid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> incorrect. Incorrect. Thin blonde girl is, oh. is the correct answer. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, oh, boy. But she's great, right? So she's the only one who knows that the Ark is running out of air and the real reason for this mission. And she's the only one who thinks, hey, maybe we should figure out how we're going to survive and eat food and all these things. And heal people, so go Clark. Everyone, I'm Team Clark. I'm all for her. Uh, Her enemies call her princess, though, which is not a very nice thing to say. But you know Um,
1: what? I'm not Team Clark because we're down on Clark. Clark. (laughs) Eric Marcus, we're down on Earth. We're away from the parents. It's time to party, man.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So I'm
1: I'm Team Bellamy. Bellamy Bellamy Blake. He is Clark's rival. He was not a prisoner. He's a stowaway. He's a little bit older than everybody else. That's that was dropped down. He's not a juvie. Um, he was a janitor, and we found out, Bellamy, he shot the chancellor on the on the space station. Didn't kill him. Maybe we don't know. But he doesn't know for sure. He doesn't know for sure. Well, I guess
0: we find out that he
1: didn't. Spoiler alert.
0: But uh, lame. What's that? Lame. There's <laughs> nothing cool about attempted homicide, guys. <laughs> Get <guess>. it right.
1: <laughs> but but Bellamy, he is the rebel. He's the one that's there, and he becomes this rival to Clark. As Clark's like, guys, we need to band together, we need to survive. He's like, Bellamy's like, we need to band together, but we need to rebel against the Ark. So he's the one that's telling everybody to break their wristbands, you know, move on, and he kind of takes control by force. He gets a few other brutes to surround him and starts kind of scaring people into following him. But he also isn't... hes You know, he is. He's, he's trying to get these kids to, you know, be free. You know, they're out of jail, so let's have fun. You know, let's let's have a good time while we're here. And it doesn't really work,
2: but I'm still Team Bellamy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, and the thing to remember about Bellamy... And it'll introduce this next character, is he is there because he needed to commit a crime that would allow him to get onto the ship so that he could protect his sister, whose only crime is that she's a second born, and you're not supposed to have two kids because of the population laws. So yeah, selfish. So Bellamy is one of the only humans in the past few decades to have had a sibling, uh, and her name is Octavia, and she is the girl they hid in the floor. That was her, yeah. her life growing up, hiding in the floor, uh, and she's been locked up since she was a little girl So whoa, having a whole planet's pretty exciting And she just wants to hook up With all the boys And that's what she does So good for, good for Octavia Yay At, at, uh, uh,
1: at the, 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 the dismay of her older brother Who does not want that to be happening
2: <laughs> No, he, he threatens All the other guys uh, Says, if you touch my sister I'll float you <laughs>
1: uh, that's,
2: that's pretty much it Yep, That's, that's fantastic out.
1: Uh, next up, there's Finn. So Finn is also a bad boy, but he has a good heart, and he's following Clark. He's he's Team Clark.
2: Yeah, he's uh, crushing
1: on her. Yeah. But uh, I guess they call him Spacewalk. So a lot of people have nicknames. Like yep. Again, Clark is Princess. They call her Princess. Octavia's the girl they hid in the floor, which is a <laughs> bit longer, but still a nickname. Uh, and Finn is Spacewalk, because he's walked in space at one point
2: <laughs> his, okay. his crime was that he went on an unauthorized space walk and wasted precious oxygen so all of these people are going to have a crime that put them in jail and brought them to the surface and that's something sure. you can play with in the fiction
0: nice then we got walked. what was that nothing keep it bring it on i'm all just right, it to it. myself while i write I, I can't write something without saying what I am writing. I was writing <laughs> walked in space against the rules. Nice. Yep. Uh,
2: so then you got Monty and Jasper, who are super best friends. Uh, Monty is crazy, awkward, and girl crazy. And he knows communications, so he's trying to make the armbands communicate back with the arc. And Jasper's also nerdy, awkward, and girl crazy. And he uh, is trying to impress Clark. So both of these guys go on the mission with Clark to find food, which they're told is in this nearby Mount Doom. Uh, Wait, they don't call it Mount Doom. They call it Mount Weather.
0: Mount Weather. But it's very
2: foreboding. Nice. And then, of course, the other guy who you gotta love, uh, Wells, who is the son of the Chancellor who was shot. So he just loves Bellamy. Oh, I bet. Uh, and he and he and Clark used to be a thing, right? They were best friends. There's some crushing going on, Ooh. and then uh, apparently he told on Clark's father, which got him floated. So yeah, oh boy, so a big Clark's turnoff. Father,
1: yeah, Clark's father was the guy who originally discovered that the ark was losing oxygen, and they only had nice. so many months to live. And the chancellor and the council didn't
2: want that to get out. So, so kids, if you are crushing on a girl. Uh, don't get her father killed because she won't like that. Just unless, general life advice you can learn from watching The just,
0: you know, Unless she's just specifically into that sort of thing. <laughs> unless, yeah, unless she asks. But if you're gonna go for it, you know, don't botch it. For the love of God, if you're gonna murder somebody, you, you, you do it right. None nothing this, less cool than this... attempted murder, right? Exactly. That nothing angers me more. Two jackets. Right.
1: We'll tell you where to get books and how to murder people. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs>
2: Wow. Uh, All right. So those are the people on the Earth. Uh, and then, you know, uh, in the space, you got some people. Clark's mom's still up there. She was the doctor monitoring the people.
0: I don't care about space, Marcus.
2: No, that's fine. You uh, <laughs> don't really you have, have to.
0: You don't have to. Just give us cool people on Earth. All the young, <laughs> hot <laughs> ones. From Desmond from Lost Nice. Yeah,
2: the, uh, the show, it is, even in the first season where I'm at, it's getting more exciting, getting a little bit more deep. But the, the first couple episodes definitely have some uh, very strong CW tropes. Uh, everyone's taking their shirts off and making googly eyes at each other.
0: And shirts off and googly eyes. All yep. right. Well, uh, it also it makes it.
1: sense because with this story, you know, you have all these teenagers who are, you know, in some ways criminals. You know, some of them don't really didn't deserve to be locked up, really, but they were. Mm-hmm. And so now they're all out and the parents aren't around, so... They're unsupervised, and they're
2: getting a little frisky. <laughs> and they'd been in individual containment cells, a lot of them. So they hadn't even seen people, much less been unsupervised around
0: people. Oh, nice.
2: And, yeah. you know, if,
0: if, if to, to bring in a lesson from another franchise that we haven't done on the show, um, I'm going to uh, look up to John Terturo, who uh, appeared in uh, the masterful film Transformers Directed by Michael Bay, Uh, he tells me that criminals are hot. So (laughs) I'm going full hog with that one. All Uh, right. That's good. That's good.
2: Criminals are hot. So I'm going to mention just a little flavor here and give you just a sense of where you might be able to go. Uh huh. And then let's get your recap after that. Um, So, like I said, I'm trying to understand the show. And a lot of my favorite shows, I started off not understanding. This was the pattern I took with Game of Thrones. Andrew and I had watched the first couple episodes together. I think we got about halfway through that season before I said, I have no idea why I'm still watching this. Then I bought the book (laughs) and read through it. And I said, oh, okay, I get it now. It's one of the best worlds I've read in in fantasy. And now I love that show and we all watch it. Uh, The 100 didn't quite go the same way. Okay, So I, I picked up the book. Completely different story. Same basic setup. Has a couple same character names, but mm. very different trajectory. Different people are alive and dead within the first couple chapters or couple hours. Huh. And really, that first book only covers the story of the first two episodes of the TV show. Oh, wow. So, just uh, that's why I said inspired by at the start of this podcast. And what I'd like you to think about is just take this as a starting ground for inspiration. You know, use some of the characters' names. We gave you some interesting people we like to see. But you also have a 100 kids, aside from the couple who die on impact, to play with, right? You can yeah. have them do whatever. And Earth is this big mystery box. And the threats in the show are very different from the threats on the first book. I don't think they even introduced the grounders till the very end of the first book. So it's just... Whatever is the magic of this show is in taking this premise and really changing it to be something new and something dark. And something where... Named characters can die at any time, and situations can get worse, and people can be maimed. You know, there's all sorts of possibilities for things to go bad fast. So don't play with kid gloves when you're approaching this.
1: Okay. Yeah, these kids, they're, they're kids, and they're dropped in a very stressful situation. So as much fun as they're having at first, reality hits them, and they're not ready for this. No, and because a lot of them have been in a prison for a long time this is this is a quite the the shock to all of them and they're not reacting very well
2: <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: gotcha all right so should I uh, should I run through my notes so Please. far yeah all right here's like through it. so we got the CWs 100 which is, you know, very teenishly dramatic, plus sci-fi, in the way that only CW can do. Uh, apparently it's a bit Lost, it's a bit Battlestar, a bit Lord of the Flies, which I haven't even read, because apparently Ooh. I didn't go to high school. So if we <laughs> want to do a sham fiction about Lord of the Flies, it's available. Nice. Uh, yeah, so this takes place 97 years after some sort of nuclear apocalypse in which everybody, I guess... Uh, I guess everybody dies. Um, there are a whole bunch of people living up on a space station, a conglomeration of space stations lashed together with uh, space uh, twine and space thatch. Um, here's a question: uh, How big is this dang thing? Because if they have a hundred spare kids that they can send down, this must be a pretty gigantic structure. Like, yeah. do we know how many people are up it's, there? It's complicated.
2: I got the impression that, that there are a few thousand people on it at least. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe upwards of 10,000. But I don't think I got a concrete number from either the first few episodes of the show or from reading the book.
0: All right. Uh, any clue, Andrew? Is that about right? I have no idea. Okay, I'll just say a few thousand few thousand um so the secret the super secret uh problem that is occurring on the arc is that it's running out of air oh no and they keep floating people which wastes a lot more air oh no don't tell them uh, that <laughs> so the only person who knows this is uh clark griffin who is our thin blonde protagonist i guess um and the people call her princess and there's bellamy blake who is a guy uh, and he's, he's more like, party, and also, break your wristbands, and also, I'll beat you up, and I'll yep. float you. <laughs> because, <laughs> All those things. Because, because unlike uh, Titan A.E., floating it means an entirely different thing. Uh, it means killing a guy. Uh, if you, so if you float somebody, you kill him. Uh, we also got Octavia Blake, who is Bellamy's sister. She is the girl they hid in the floor, and she wants to kiss every boy. Nailed it. Uh, we also have Finn, uh, who is a guy on Team Clark, totally crushing on that Clark. Uh, he's called Spacewalk because he walked in space and that wasn't allowed. We also got Monty and Jasper, who are best friends and they're nude, nerdy and awkward. They're nudie <laughs> and awkward around girls, um, tech sort of dudes. Uh, Wells is the son of the Chancellor, who Bellamy shot. Bellamy shot the Chancellor. That's no good. But then he stowed away, blah, blah, blah. Uh, there's, uh, lots of shirts off, lots of googly eyes, criminals are hot, uh, yeah, the Earth is crazy pants, is yeah. a, a note I wrote, uh, cause you got two-headed deer and a poisonous death tornado, Yep. so that, that's <laughs> cool, uh, but yeah, there's a hundred, hundred kids who are all delinquents, uh, just kinda hanging out unsupervised on an irradiated, uh, post-apocalyptic Earth. Sounds awesome.
2: Yeah. And so the thing, we were poking a little fun throughout with some of the sci-fi tropes, but it's huge suspension of disbelief. They they don't practically think out a lot of these problems, like when they're floating people, or how you would not have redundant communication, or any yeah. structure where you have kids who are trained for even five minutes on, hey, maybe this is how you build a shelter when you land. Um, nah. You just gotta let that go. You just, you just sure. have fun with it. Uh, and Clark is also a total BA, so make sure that if you include Clark, she's really cool. Total B A.
0: Awesome. I the big so, thing with yeah. Clark
1: is that she really doesn't know how to let her hair down and have a good time. She's very driven. Like think like if you're that's kind of a big
2: character point with her. She could have one smile in your entire story. That's important. Okay. Only one, one smile allowed. You gotta earn that smile. All right, we bonus points. Bonus
1: points time. I think it's bonus points time. Let's start us me. off, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Uh, so uh, I want, uh, I want the horniest teen- teenage moment that you can think of. All right. Yeah. I want those hormones a- flowing.
0: <laughs> okay. Any any more specific <laughs> assignment than all right? Uh, all right. I want to see what that, good. I, I
1: want to see what that is, Eric. I want to I
2: want to see what that what you translate that as meaning. All right. Fair. So, that makes my bonus points a little bit harder for him to hit both. <laughs> but Ooh. my bonus points are that I want that huge dark twist. So I want something that's irrevocably irrevocably, <laughs> irrevocably going <laughs> to change the show uh, in your sham fiction, right? So something happens, and there's no going back from it, and it's unexpected.
0: Guys, get this. It's a planet... Of the apes. Whoa! That'd have been Earth all along. (laughs) It's explicitly Earth the whole time. (sighs) Good, I I like that. Marcus,
1: I don't see how these are
0: mutually exclusive. Why are these mutually exclusive? That's easy. I'm saying those are
2: two... It's hard to either hit both of those disparate points, or if you make them one in the same point that could be uh maybe a little bit too adult for the cw so we'll
0: see things to think about i'm excited nice all right perfect uh i think i got everything i need you've answered all my questions this sounds fun i'm excited so yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna run off toddle off to my writing cube and toddle. uh, yeah and i'll be back in a couple minutes awesome
2: Hey Sham listeners, if you like the show, there are two things you can do that'll really help us out. The first is subscribe. You'll get a new episode every week in 2016 without fail. That's our pledge to you. And that'll be delivered automatically to your device. Beyond that, you can really help us out by writing a review. Let other people know what the show's about, what your experience has been. And if it's positive, all the better. If you don't feel like you can write a positive review, think about it as a writing challenge. You think you're better than us? Write a sham fiction of a good review. Make us believe that you believe in us. I know you can do it. Anyway, thanks for listening. Hey, Andrew. While Eric is off writing, I wanted to know, what the heck do you think he's going to write about? Are we going to see more <laughs> caterpillar abs? Oh, my goodness. I hope so. You know, in the
1: episodes I watched of this show, there weren't nearly enough abs on display, especially for a CW show. Maybe I'm just not. Of course, I'm paying attention, but maybe I just haven't gotten there yet. Um, yeah,
2: but, you know, with my, my, <laughs> that's what Stephen King was raving about in season three.
0: <laughs> and he took to Twitter, he's like,
2: guys, yeah, sure, it's great writing, great writing, but those abs. <laughs> I don't know why he sounds a little bit like JFK. Uh,
1: I don't know. Well, he's from the Northeast, I guess. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but those abs. Yeah, uh, fantastic. Well, when my, my bonus points are the horniest teenage moments, I mean, there's gotta be abs, Right. Uh, I would hope so. But for my secret bonus points, uh, I'm going to go on a kind of a different lives. Instead of the sex part, I'm going to go with the violence part. I know you have Huge Dark Twist as yours, but that's kind of like... Yeah. I think this is still a little different from that. Um, I think that Eric is going to luxuriate in the violent, violent deaths uh, or killings, whatever it is, of teenagers. Um, I think we're going to get uh, very detailed descriptions of these deaths, or they're just going to be very graphic. And I think he's going to so have your, a good time your with
2: secret it. bonus points are our standard secret bonus points for anything you write. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, oh so, so yeah. Uh, That's good. A horrible teenage death along with horny teenage moment. So appropriate because your secret bonus points build off of my regular bonus points. I think my secret bonus points should build off of your regular bonus that points. That sounds very fitting. And I just, I think it would be really funny if he uses the word boobs in his story. (laughs) Boobs. Which, you know, I'm very mature. Uh, But it just seems like if he could use it in a way, especially where it's a teenager being like, yeah... She had totally hot boobs.
1: <laughs> you know, just the, yeah, like the, they're uh, breaking. Like they don't know sex, so
2: they t- yeah, just just not not getting it, not being discreet, uh, not being classy.
1: I think that's totally a Jasper moment there. What you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would
2: absolutely be Jasper. <laughs> that sounds good. I think uh, these are good. I think we got this. <laughs> yeah, let's let's call Eric back down from the ark.
0: I got the vapors. Oh,
2: hey, you girl. Oh, me, you oh,
0: I've been writing some sexy stuff for you, boys. I hope you're all ready. I'm definitely ready. As long yeah. as it skews well with the key CW demos. I think it will. I think it will. So all right. I, 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 I'm just excited for this. I'm really excited for you to hear it. Um, well, like over-anxious teenagers, let's jump right in. <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, God. All right, oh, this no. is... The one hundred. <laughs> okay, all right.
1: There isn't is an e tag. There is not an e tag on this episode.
0: That's <laughs> true. We'll we'll keep it that way. I, I don't think I have any bad words in here. Oh well. So this is the hundred, not the one hundred. The hundred. You already got by, a point. By Eric. Yep. Oh, oh we're good. 100. Well, this was written by me. Here it goes. Two reds, one green, five blues, another green. Pause repeat. A clear pattern. Is it a message? She asked herself. Clark watched the blinking lights through several cycles, following along by scratching hashes in the dirt with her finger to keep track. She had been alone inside the tent, reading on her vid, when she noticed the colorful flashes coming from her wrist, which was something it had never done before. It gave her a sinking feeling in her gut. Is everything okay on the Ark? She stood awkwardly, keeping an eye on her wrist as she used the makeshift crutch to pull herself to her feet. The grounder attack, now several days in the past, had left her shaken and scared in a way that she had never known before. They had nothing in the way of medical supplies down here on the rock, and the possibility of infection had consumed her mind. The dirty cloth she was using as a bandage to cover the sore on her leg didn't give her any confidence either. She pushed open the piece of thatch that served as the door to her lean-to and hobbled through. Immediately, a dozen eyes were on her. Lorden and Jamaica, who were cooking something over a fire nearby, both gave her weak, pitying smiles before averting their eyes and going back to their work. Hamble and Cortese, who had bought their tickets to Earth by getting friendly with one too many daughters of important officers aboard the Ark, (laughs) made no attempt to hide their gaze. And then there was Finn. Who stood the moment she appeared, taking a step towards her before a shake from her head froze him in place? It shamed her. Clark, Finn began in a low voice. The muscles on his exposed arms tensed visibly. (laughs) No, Finn, she said, making fierce eye contact with the boy. I'm fine. There was a reason Clark had hid herself away after the attack. She didn't want anyone to see her in this condition. Down on the rock, the hundred only followed the strong. Her absence had, of course, left a power vacuum, and Bellamy Blake had begun spending more and more time in camp. Thankfully, he was nowhere to be seen at the moment. "'Monty! Jasper!' she shouted. The two of them appeared from the flap in another tent nearby. "'Grab the telescope. Let me know if you can see anything going on with the Ark.' They nodded, then disappeared back inside the tent. She turned her attention to Finn. "'Your wrist,' she said sharply, holding up her own arm. Finn complied and raised his arm, showing her the dull gray band on his wrist. "'What's going on, Clark?' he asked, but she ignored the question. There were no blinking lights on Finn's wristband, and looking around camp, she couldn't see any other obvious lights from those who hadn't yet removed the devices at Blake's urging. Looking back down at her own wristband, she was dismayed to see that her lights were no longer blinking either. Why did the signal stop? What's going on up there? Finn spoke again. You saw the lights, too? She snapped her attention back to the boy, but didn't say anything. What does it mean? I don't know, she said in a whisper. Maybe a a signal from the Ark. A signal? Finn said in surprise. Can they do that? Clark shrugged. The wristbands send signals to the Ark constantly, why not the other way around? The problem is, there's only one person who could order a message to be sent to us, and he's dead. The Chancellor? Finn asked. Clark nodded. The others were were still staring at her, but there was no point in hiding any information from the rest of them. If she was going to be their leader, she needed to be transparent and honest with them, and above all, she needed their help. She cleared her throat and raised her voice, addressing everyone in camp. Does anyone know where I can find Wells? Wells, as it turns out, was having a very nice time inside the pod that he had converted into his own private bachelor pad. (laughs) The former landing craft that had brought them all down to the rock at the start had been stripped and left out in the wastes by the rest of Clark's contingent, but Wells had decided to claim one of them for himself and stay put. Besides, he knew Clark wouldn't want him anywhere within stone-throwing distance of her or her camp. Right now, however, Clark was the last person on his mind. The girl they hid in the floor had made sure of that, and now (laughs) she was occupying both his mind and his entire field of vision. He slid a hand down the small of her back and pulled her even closer. Wells, she said breathily between kisses, we shouldn't. "'Why not?' he said, burying his head in the nape of her neck. "'We can't,' she began, her breath catching for a moment as he found that spot she liked. "'We can't. For reasons.' (laughs) (laughs) He smiled and pulled his face away for a moment, looking up into her beautiful, ridiculously huge brown eyes. (laughs) "'Are you worried about your brother finding us?' he ventured. Her eyebrows knit, and she pinched the exposed skin on his chest with her nail." Ow! I'm not talking about Bellamy, she said fiercely. He doesn't control me. He just thinks he does. Uh, Octavia, he said carefully, this isn't about Clark, is it? She smiled at this. And if it is? Trust me, he said, pulling the girl closer yet again. She's not going to get between us. They kissed. At that moment, the door to the pod flew open, and there she was. "'Wells!' shouted Clark, and he found the girl they hid in the floor sliding off his lap, much to his disappointment. Everything had suddenly gone ass-over thruster. <laughs> what? "'What the hell is she doing here?' shrieked Octavia from her new position beside him on the re-entry couch. "'That's Bellamy's sister!' Clark shouted in response. "'Yeah,' Wells thought. "'This is bad.' "'Clark, can you give us a second? he said to to their intruder. Octavia cut in first. "'Wells, what's going on here?' "'I have no idea.' "'So I take it you're with him now?' Clark asked Wells. She seemed to be holding herself upright with a large stick that had been fashioned into a crutch. "'Him who?' Wells spat. "'Blake?' "'It's none of your business,' Octavia shouted to Clark.' This was all getting completely out of hand. None of my business, Clark exploded. I came here for help, only to find this grounder spawn getting frisky with a bloody secondborn? Hey, hey, you're just jealous because you want him for yourself. (laughs) You think I want him? Clark shouted incredulously. He floated my dad. She pointed a finger straight at Wells. This had to end. He stood and raised his palms defensively. Whoa, I didn't float anyone, he said, making himself look as apologetic as possible. Clark, I I never meant- Well, you did, she spat back at him. She seemed near tears, but then her focus switched from his face to his right hand. You still have the wristband, she whispered. Wells was confused. He looked at the wristband, then back to Clark. I haven't switched sides Blake killed my dad you know he said carefully (laughs) not sure how he was supposed to act around Clark who was after all his ex especially with the girl he hoped would be his new new girlfriend still in the room (laughs) he looked towards Octavia who was still curled up on the couch her arms crossed in front of her she was glaring at him listen he said in a panic gesturing towards Clark she means nothing to me (laughs) Well, that's obvious, shouted Clark, before Octavia could open her mouth to respond. Octavia, came a shout from outside. Out of the way, princess. (laughs) Wells felt something retract into his body. (laughs) Oh, crap, he said to himself. The door to the pod opened even wider, and there stood Bellamy Blake. His eyes shot past Clark, locked onto Wells for a moment, found his sister in a state of slight undress in the back of the pod, then locked back onto Wells with a fire that he had only ever seen in the eyes of an enraged grounder. I am gonna float you,
2: Blake snorted.
0: (laughs) He lunged forward, and Wells instinctively raised his fists in defense. Blake was older and larger than Wells, but he wasn't about to back down from a fight, especially with girls present. (laughs) <laughs> besides his dad was dead because of blake and he hadn't forgotten it wells braced himself for the impending impact suddenly however blake lurched and fell to the ground with a sharp crack and a loud oof. wells blinked in disbelief as he watched clark casually toss the broken half of her crutch onto the ground next to blake's prone form bellamy "'Octavia shouted, jumping from her seat and crawling over to her brother, "'who was now moaning in pain. "'Wells was stunned. "'There was a small patch of blood forming on the back of Blake's head "'where Clark had hit him with the stick. "'He looked up to Clark, his eyes wide with shock. "'You you hit him,' he said stupidly. "'That was amazing.' "'The corners of Clark's mouth twitched, "'and she shot him the tiniest of fleeting smiles.' (laughs) you can't do this shouted octavia i'm gonna go get help she got off the floor and ran past clark out into the wastes wells didn't know what to say there he was face to face with his ex who hadn't said more than five words to him in the last six months and the brother of his new girl not to mention the man who killed his father who was bleeding on the floor between them it was weird but clark made it look easy your wristband she said, getting down to business despite Blake's pained moans filling the small pod. Did you notice the lights, or were you too busy with something else? He felt her barb, but ignored it and peered down at his wristband. There were lights? (laughs) A pattern. A signal from the Ark, I'm guessing. Would it be possible for the Chancellor to send such a signal? My dad's dead, Clark, he said, then planted a good kick in Blake's ribs. The older man shouted and tried to swipe Wells's legs away ineffectively. "'Is it possible?' Clark repeated. Wells thought for a moment. Well, "'If anyone could do it, it would be the Chancellor.' "'Do you think he could have survived?' he asked, feeling a desperate shred of hope within himself. "'I don't know,' she said sadly, her eyes lingering on Blake's form. "'But I'm more concerned about what is so important that the Ark would want to signal all of us simultaneously.' She met Wells's eyes again. Something's going on up there, Wells, and I'm worried. Clark! Came a frantic shout from outside. She turned, and Wells craned his neck to see Monty jogging towards them, puffing and wheezing with the exertion. What is it, Monty? Clark asked him. The Ark! The boy coughed as he came to a stop before her, planting his hands on his chubby knees for support as he caught his breath. Take it easy, she said. "'Tell me what happened.' Wells stepped over Blake's body and joined Clark at the doorway. Monty coughed again, then stood up straight, still breathing heavily. "'Jasper and I set up the telescope.' More breathing. After a moment, he continued. "'And punched in the coordinates for the Ark. "'But it wasn't there.' "'What wasn't there?' Clark asked. "'The Ark!' Monty said simply. "'The Ark is gone!' Wells immediately looked to Clark to gauge her reaction. She just continued to stare at Monty, as if willing him to keep talking. It worked. We scanned the sky, using every data point for a possible location we could, but we couldn't find it. Could you be mistaken? Clark asked quietly. Monty shook his head. Wells couldn't believe what he was hearing. How could the Ark just disappear? It was a huge complex of satellites that had all been lashed together. It didn't have the thrusters or the fuel to be able to wildly alter course. If Monty and Jasper couldn't find it, then there was only one possibility. He looked up to the sky, trying in vain to see any sign of their home, but if the nerds couldn't see it with a telescope, how could he have any hope of spotting it with his naked eye? There! Wells shouted, pointing to a distant area of the sky near the horizon. The other two started and followed his gaze shielding their eyes against the late afternoon sun. There, standing out against the slight pink of the oncoming evening, they could all see it. A meteor shower. No, Clark breathed. Our families, said Monty. They they can't be. They're gone, Wells said. Clark looked at him, her eyes wide and scared. He had never seen her that way before, and there was nothing he could do. I'm sorry. The end. Whoa. Whoa! You, you
2: did a thing there. What a coincidence <laughs> that there was a meteor shower on the same night the Ark disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right?
0: Isn't, <laughs> Crazy isn't, random happenstance. Isn't that, isn't that the silly, silly random thing? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, that was fun. Yay! Uh, it was a long one. Thank you for, uh, for you know, not dozing off. <laughs> well,
2: I, I enjoyed it. Well, it allowed you to get that set up and pay off with the telescope, which I very much enjoyed. Of course, in the real show and book, they don't have a telescope because that falls under the category of things that would be useful if you were sending people to a planet. <laughs> of course. Um, they did not send any of those. No. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. Uh, yep. Well, this was a, an adaptation, after all. I wasn't following the show, precisely. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I dug that. It definitely felt like you are taking it your own direction,
2: making it your own. And it felt more like an original thing than it felt like either the show or the book. But you did completely nail Clark. Yes. Uh, the characterization there it was yeah. so excellent. I made a couple notes about that. Cool. Just, like, I loved how how dour she was. How she views leadership as a responsibility, but because she's so grim, she has no real (laughs) aptitude for it. Yeah. Uh, Which is just so her character. She'll give these big speeches because she has to. (laughs) And people will listen because she's so intelligent. But it's not like she enjoys being at the front of a group. Hmm. (laughs) Interesting. And I really liked... uh, he said the, the tiniest of fleeting smiles, which is exactly how I would describe any time Clark smiles on that show. Yeah, you Just t- a half you, uh, second of relief. You yeah. told
0: me uh, only one smile is allowed and she has to yep. earn it, or you have yep. to earn the smile. So, Nailed it. I figured hitting uh, Bellamy Blake over the head with a stick would, would warrant at least a little smile from her.
1: Oh, definitely. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'll agree with
1: Marcus. Uh, Clark was definitely the closest characterization to one of the characters we see on the show. Um, The one that didn't feel like the character on the show, but was still pretty dang fun, was Wells. Wells. (laughs) 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 Wells. He is just a lady killer. He's going after Octavia and succeeding. Uh Uh Just and when you the the, the word bachelor pad was uttered next to
2: Wells's name, I was like, okay, this is going to be a little different. Uh, Which, is, is this actually something Bellamy does early on in the show? Oh, really? You just see, like, he'll start a bunch of scenes coming out of his tent with a couple women in states of undress. Oh, good. And it's just like, you know, he's he's immediately going for the
0: the rights of the king, I suppose. Yeah. It's really, really a little grim. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, it's funny. Wells is a character that I know nothing about. I just know he's the son of the uh, the chancellor, and he used to have a thing with Clark. That's mm-hmm. that's it. <laughs> what, what's well, he those like two in the things show? were in there,
1: and then yeah, that character was it was just great. It just it, it felt like an original character, kind of like what Marcus said. Um, sure. Yeah, I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah let's let's hear it. let's hear it from you, man. Uh, this process, how, you how know, was it for you?
0: uh i really i really had fun with this um it was a hard one to uh to perform for sure and i i went through and highlighted all the lines for the characters oh. so that i knew when good to idea. jump between voices but it was so hard to lock on good voices for these characters did a good that job. I, I was getting lost myself in the dialogue so i felt a little crappy about that but um, the actual writing process for this was like a snap. I think this was the least time I've spent on any on anything I've written so far for the show. And it is easily 40% longer than my longest uh, fiction up to this point. And I decided that I didn't care that I was just going to keep it because I thought the story (laughs) flowed well. You know, I I knew what I was going to do. I started with the idea that, okay, the big event, the big show changing event that's going to happen at like the end of my first act of my episode is going to be that they think um, the arc has exploded. Like that's going to be my, my world changing thing. Um, And then kind of landed on this, okay, how do, I, how do I work in some good teen drama, some really good melodrama? I'm like, okay, well, I'll put, uh, I'll put Wells, uh, who is Clark's ex, in a compromising position with another woman so that there's some jealousy can come out. And then, oh, I'll make it Octavia because she's boy crazy. And Octavia has this scary older brother who is going to try to defend her, so it just seemed like a nice powder keg that I can easily take advantage of, and it just kind of kind of rode itself because of that. So I had a lot of fun. It went super fast. I enjoyed it. Well,
1: I would, as did I. Yeah, man, I gotta say, I was very pleased that you went with the romance angle, uh, or with the, mm-hmm. the teen uh, romance angle. Uh, of course, that was my bonus point was to have the horniest teenage moment, and I think you nailed that. Uh,
0: um, <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, okay, this is horniest. Okay, that makes sense. In my notes for for the um, for the bonus points, because i had forgotten oh. what you said, I what? I actually wrote um, in my notebook. Uh, I guess that says, yeah, horniest teenage moment. My handwriting is so bad, I, I thought it said, uh, honest teen moment. <laughs> um, and so I still interpreted the most honest version of a teenage moment to be a very horny moment, so I guess it sort of worked out. Well, they're not too well, far separated, those two things.
2: No. <laughs> and thanks for not having it be Wells' alone time.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, no problem, there. Though bae. I think
2: my
1: favorite uh, bit of language in here was the retraction that happened when Bellamy showed up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> did you <laughs> like that uh, but I liked how it even like extended to Clark because she uh, she was eyeing damn muscles on that oh, fin. a little bit a little bit yeah so I, 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 I anyway thank you for for going that route for this one we've done CW in the past with Arrow but that was the more actiony choice mm-hmm. on your part so I'm very pleased that you went in the other
2: direction here I had to get it in there had to get the sexy CW side. And the arc being destroyed definitely gets my bonus points. It's a very big, dark twist that
0: would change the dynamic of the show. Good. Of course, it is a question of whether it actually got destroyed. Their evidence is right. pretty weak. Mysterious flashing lights, followed by we can't find it in the sky, followed by meteor shower. Eh. It, it might not be connected at all.
2: But either way, good yep. twist. It's a good twist. And if it is connected, good dark twist. Yay. There's probably not a reason that that's a good thing. (laughs) The arc's not where it's supposed to be and stuff's falling from the sky. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah.
0: Oh, no, we're the only human beings left in the universe. Uh-oh.
2: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. I liked your language in this. I liked ass over thrusters. (laughs) Uh, Good use of floats. You brought in a couple of our favorite phrases for reasons. Yes. (laughs) A little Scott Pilgrim reference, if I'm not mistaken,
0: new with new, the new new girlfriend. You, you got it. So I
2: also liked how Mary, they
0: Mary referred
1: Dumbledore. to the planet as the Rock, as if <laughs> yes. it's like their own little Alcatraz, the, the Earth is their giant Alcatraz prison. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was pretty cool. Did you mention something about a vid in the first bit? Did you say did. vid? What was yeah. What was that
0: all about? Like, what were you uh, thinking there? Like she had a she had like a tablet or something. That, that in my, my most Orson Scott card sort of moment, decided to just call it a vid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Eric, I don't know if we made it clear. They don't have anything. <laughs> These kids, they sent them down. They thought they were going to die. And when they didn't, it was like, oh, I guess they have to live now.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: All right. <sighs> I I assumed they had some just random pieces of technology. Well, part of the thing is, too, I'm like, well, they're on Earth. You know, I don't know what they've scavenged. You know, there was a civilization here, albeit 100 years ago. I I will give you a little advanced spoiler for season one.
2: They find a uh, underground van or RV or something. It becomes their love shack.
0: I got to watch this now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sold.
2: So, oh, that would have been yeah. fun.
0: <laughs> just so sh- Wells's grungy old 1970s <laughs> shag and wagon no. instead of like a landing pod. Oh, that's uh. fantastic.
1: All right. So, shall we let's get into the final critiques here? Yeah. Yes, please. All right. Marcus, do you want to kick it off? Or you want me? I'll, I can kick it out. Please. Oh, i about kicking it please out. Please
2: do. Uh, so, first off, I got to say, unfortunately, you did not get my secret bonus points, no. <laughs> which was uh, just one word. What? I wanted you to use the word "boobs" to awkwardly
0: describe a a teenage attraction. Okay. (laughs) Um, I'm sorry to disappoint. Now I'm disappointed in myself.
2: I just thought it would have been really funny, you know, because you you did it like, oh, the nape of her neck, and you know, you're you're talking classy, the small of her back, and I just, you know, really honest teenager. Man, her boobs were like right in my face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh. So that was my secret bonus. Well, I'm voice. rewriting this now. <laughs>
2: uh, you are you've you've outmatured. I'm I'm proud of you. Uh-huh. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I still I got to give you credit. I I enjoyed the story. I thought it had pretty good pacing to it thought it was a good balance of a little bit of sci-fi element, good mystery, and the uh, teen relationship drama. So, I'm going to give you, um, <laughs> I shouldn't give you that, that's that's bad. Uh, I'll give you
0: <laughs> two out of two boobies.
2: Oh, man. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you, um...
0: Pressure's uh, on, come on, man. Dude, what are you doing yes, here? There's, just such just an so obvious, there's such an obvious score here.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give you 200 of the 200 legs on the planet. Oh,
0: that's really what we it was. That was the
2: obvious thing you were going for. It sure was.
0: A uh, uh, number
2: of human legs on the planet. Uh, wow.
0: Wait. How? Oh. Wow.
2: Okay. I'll take. it. Actually, that, that's that's probably not right. That's a really I'm high just score. Doing math really bad. Yep. Uh, you, <laughs> you get you get 184 legs. There you go. <laughs> All right. That seems more reasonable. Good number of legs. So, yeah. some of them died. You
1: got to take into that consideration. Uh, <laughs> it's, and speaking of which, that was my secret bonus point. I was expecting you. <laughs> to have just a very graphic, grotesque teenage death. Just <laughs> you luxuriate in the deaths of teens,
2: um, which did not happen. Uh, uh, yeah, as, as we identified, Andrew gave you the standard prediction that we give Andrew exactly. for his <laughs> fictions. Uh,
0: yeah. Couldn't fit it in. Sorry. Uh,
2: no, I, I'm, it's okay,
1: because I wanted the, the horny teenagers more than the dead teenagers. Um, but... In terms of your critique, uh, I am going to say...
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> are, are we doing phrasing again?
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, for your critique, I will say that I am going to disagree with Marcus a little bit. I didn't think the two sides of your story tied in together all that well. Um, it felt like a problem was introduced at the beginning... That felt like the key problem, and then we shifted, we kind of pivoted over to this other bit, and for the sake of, you know, this one piece, you know, this short story, this definitely felt more like a segment from an episode than it did a complete story, and I think you kind of pointed that out, you kind of saw it as it the 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 debris field at the end was kind of like the end of act one. Yes, um, yes, intentional, and, and that makes more sense to me. But as I was experiencing it, I was had the expectations of you know a story, you know a co- the one piece that is its whole, and because of that, perhaps that was it was my expectations, but that did hurt my enjoyment of it because that beginning didn't seem to really pay off i was so excited and so wrapped up in the stuff at wells's place that when even like when clark not that when she came in but when she brought up the bands again at the end i was kind of like oh yeah that happened (laughs) so um i i will say that that didn't really come together too much for me um those two sides um But I think taken individually, that they were very strong. And it was a great bit at the end, a really good visual and also emotional kick when you think the arc is blown up. That's a big freaking deal. So good on that. So I'm going to give you uh, out of the, uh, let's say, uh, uh, I think Marcus shortened it down to like 92 people (laughs) remaining on the planet. Uh, I'm going to give you 82. Of the 92 remaining people on the planet. (laughs)
0: Okay, gotcha. (laughs) Okay, fair. Very cool. I appreciate that.
2: (laughs) Well, if you do want to get involved in the 100 saga, which uh, Stephen King has been talking about how great the abs are, uh, (laughs) you should go to... (laughs) There's a callback to when you weren't here. (laughs) Uh, You should go to the CW, the Hulu, the Netflix... Get it on your home video discs of your choice. Just go out to a store, bring it home, put it up on the shelf. Or check out the original book by Cass Morgan, where you get the books. Also put it on your shelf, and you'll have a good time with all of that. And and then then you enjoy it. That's what you do.
0: Tell me more. Explain more things. Oh,
2: the enthusiasm. This is just... And then, you know, you can go on the Audible or the public library and get the the audio book and uh, listen to that okay. as well. Okay, Could I, okay. Can I put that on my shelf, Marcus? If you have a shelf that's big enough for all of those things, go just just go nuts. Okay. Go crazy. Alright. Alright, okay. I think we're I think we should we
1: should cut this thing off. So Eric, thank you for the great story. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in for another episode of Sham Fiction. We will see you next time.
0: Thanks for listening. Sham Fiction is produced by Two Jackets Productions, which is Eric Carlson, Marcus Mann, and Andrew Neal. Special thanks to Reed Reimer for providing the music. For a full list of episodes and to read this week's fiction, visit shamfiction.com. Follow us on Twitter at shamfiction, and please don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. Sham Fiction. Write what you don't know. Hey, everypony, why don't you saddle up and meet us back here next week when Andrew will teach us about the magic of friendship, kindness, and age-appropriate fandoms. Until then, I'd better go tip my farrier.